We are Spry, a group of remote digital marketers who want you to succeed beyond your wildest dreams. Our curiosity drives us to constant learning, and that learning leads to constant teaching. So come along with us on the Spry Space podcast, where we share what we know, learn what we don't, and do it all wherever we want. And welcome. I'm Lacey, and I've got Amber here with me today. Hi, everybody. So today, Amber's going to be talking a little bit about a research project that she recently did. Amber, tell us a little bit about the topic. What are we talking about today? So we're talking about the ways that Facebook actually gathers information and then uses that information or data to actually, as marketers, they sell us that data in a way so that we can actually really fine tune our strategies. But then also as consumers or just people who are on Facebook, how they're collecting your data. We're going to talk a little bit about it today. What inspired you to do this research project in the first place? A couple things. I always hear about people, they're always saying like, I swear that thing's listening to me, right? You hear that all the time. And I've always thought, I wonder if it is. Surely they're not listening to us, right? But there's a lot of coincidences that happen that you really just can't ignore. So that was kind of in the back of my mind. But what really made me go, okay, they're collecting data on so many levels is I had gone on a camping trip and I went into big five and I bought a sleeping bag and you know, I gave them my spam email that I, you know, doesn't everybody have a spam email? The one that you give all Your of them old so, Gmail. so that just in case they give you a good coupon, <laughs> you can find it, <laughs> you can find it, but really you're not checking that email. So I gave them my spam email and I come home and all of a sudden I'm getting a bunch of ads in my Facebook newsfeed for a tent and all the accessories that go with said sleeping bag. So I kind of started connecting the dots and thinking, Oh, I also gave Facebook that spam email because you know, 10, 12 years ago when I signed up for my Facebook account, I didn't know what their intentions are. I was just trying to get in on this new fad that was going on. Right. Trying to get out of my space. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So once you got in there and started doing the research, let's talk a little bit about what you learned. Yeah. So, you know, I wrote a blog about it too, and that's over on our website if you kind of want to read it. But ultimately what I discovered is that they're collecting this data in four major ways. The first one is, you know, our social media activity. I um, mean, I think that everybody can kind of connect those dots. It's pretty obvious that, you know, when you're saying things on Facebook specifically, they're recording that. Or if you're liking cute little bow boutiques because you have a daughter and you want to put bows in her hair, you start interacting with that kind of content. The next thing you know, they're feeding you more of that content. And that's exactly what that person who created that ad set out to do. They actually went in there and said, I want to send this ad to anyone's newsfeed who likes little hair bows for little girls. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of how as a consumer, it benefits you because then you get to see all the cute 
hair bows. And as a marketer, it benefits us because we don't have to spend our own resources collecting that data. It's there for us. And we just have to give Facebook a couple dollars to, to get it in a people's newsfeed. So, so social media behavior, social media behavior is one way they're collecting data. Another way of course is your searches. That's kind of another no brainer. You can tell if you're even outside of Facebook, you're on Google or what else do people use? Bing. Some people even go, people who want to escape it are using things like DuckDuckGo, oh. um, which is a more anonymous search okay. engine, but 97% of us are just Googling it. Google. Google's what I use because, because frankly, I don't care if they're using my data or not. Sometimes it makes my life easier. Maybe I needed that tent for camping. Yeah, that's right. There are searches. You go outside, you're searching for, I need new soccer socks for my kid. And next thing you know, Amazon's giving you an ad in your Facebook newsfeed for soccer socks. And sometimes that's kind of nice because I don't know how many times I go either on Amazon or, or, or somewhere else and I search for something and I'm like, well, it's not quite what I wanted. And I leave it and I forget about it. And then it reminds me, Facebook is all too quick to go be like, you forgot something. <laughs> you didn't purchase it. <laughs> yeah. So sometimes that's kind of nice, right? Yeah. It reminds you. And then another thing, well, we talked about the purchases at the store. Anytime you're giving them your phone number or your email, that stuff is also connected to your social media. So like, unless you have a true spam email that you don't use anywhere other than that, a lot of times they're able to make that connection. These big giant companies like big five and Facebook, I mean, even like your grocery stores, you know, Fred right? Meyer and Safeway, when you make those purchases and you key in your loyalty card, right. that's connected to your data profile. Right. Do we really think they're giving us something for free? No, no. They're uh, selling that data. Absolutely. They're collecting data from you. And that is how they're making money off of giving you coupons. discounts. Coupons. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so that's the third way. So we have social media behavior, we have search behavior, and then we have actual purchasing behavior. And then the kind of bring the topic all the way back full circle. Are they really listening to us? Mm -hmm. And that was the one that I really wanted to dive into. And so what I've kind of found out is that when you have these devices like Alexa or your Siri on your phone or a Google device or your watch or any of these things that have that interactive capability, they have code words that wake them up, right? You say, Hey Siri or okay, Google or Alexa. Oh, just woke up. <laughs> there she is. She's always there. She says she didn't get that. Oh. So those things wake them up and then you are able to have an interactive conversation and they're able to get you what you need for the most part. So my research tells me that there are words that we say, nobody really knows what they are, that actually will wake them up and have them listen without saying beep, beep, beep. Mm -hmm. So we don't know that they're awake. And I'm curious about that too, because I've actually seen Alexa's blue lights come on randomly when I haven't talked to her. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm like, Hmm. So I'm kind of been mindful of that a little bit now that I've done this research. So it is very interesting. Um, some of the things we've hypothesized about yeah. with our research are things like I need, or I want, or I'm going to buy those being cues for keywords that would wake them up and then have that data be sent to a specific part of the software. Right. right. I know I have a few friends who 
we were talking about it and it was like food stuff. Like a couple of them had food stuff. Like, so then it was like, I wonder if they're like, man, I'm really craving. Like, is it waking mm-hmm. up to that? Because the next thing you know, they're it was like, I wish I had some red licorice and they're getting a red vines commercial in their news. I, I once asked, called somebody, asked him, Hey, do you want Chipotle? And I got Chipotle ads, you know, right in my messenger. See, and I'm not mad about it, especially if they're going <laughs> to give me a coupon. Yeah. It's a Chipotle. Right. Free guac. Yeah. I'll give you my data. I'm all about it. <laughs> Right. So I guess the moral of the story is you can either be real freaked out about it or you can be like, thank you. (laughs) At least you're informed and grateful for what it is. Right. That's Mm -hmm. right. Okay. So I guess finally, anything that surprised or concerned you and what should people do with this information? Yeah. So I I think the only thing that was a little surprising was to find out that, yeah, they're probably listening to us. You know, we, we all kind of joke about that, but the coincidences are like just a little bit too real and too many, but then to like really read some research that supports that was kind of like, Oh shoot, Mm -hmm. that's weird. Once I really thought about it, I'm kind of like, you know, I'm not mad about them making my life a little easier, right? And what do I have to hide? I guess unless you are going to go completely smart device free in your home, which I'm not even mad about it if you do that, right? Mm -hmm. I totally understand that. You probably are going to get sucked into that data collecting, which I say data. Lacey says data. I don't know which it is. I don't either. It could be either. Yeah. So maybe we should have a A vote on that. that. (laughs) As they're that collecting that data, like, do we need to fight it? I don't, I don't know that when I think about it, I don't know that we do. Um, As a marketer, I appreciate that they've kind of done the legwork for us. I mean, their email marketing is still a thing. We all know that. Right. But I know that I'm not looking at my emails when I know that they're advertising to me, I'm not doing that. And so I can only assume that most people aren't. So email marketing looks a lot different these days. I'm not saying that it's completely dead. It just looks a lot different these days. And so if we can actually, as marketers, use that data to our advantage without having to go out there and plunder it ourselves, I think that that's a really great thing. What is nice as marketers is that we can hyper target our content so that we're not spamming people with things that aren't valuable to them. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. So as our last part of the podcast episode, tell me a little bit as a remote worker, where you've been working lately. In July, we actually spent 12 days in Southern California. We're at Disneyland and I'm standing in line for a few short minutes and just doing some presence management, responding to people's comments. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. And I'm just making sure my ads were doing okay. And I thought, how cool is this? Like I am able to work around my Disneyland schedule. It's wonderful. It's pretty awesome. So I think that I can say that the coolest place that I worked this summer was at Disneyland. Wonderful. Okay. Well, if you just loved listening to Amber and I, and you just can't get enough of it and you want more spry in your life, where can you go? Thinkspry.com. And our handle on Instagram or Facebook is or LinkedIn. I think it's the and same Twitter. everywhere. Yeah. At at Think Spry. Yeah, very good. Okay, so thank you so much for stopping by and listening to us for the afternoon or evening, wherever we are. We hope you're having a wonderful day. And we will talk to you soon. Au revoir. Bye.